my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8. That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Hey everybody, it's Wednesday, it's time for the AltaCast here on Mutiny Radio. Today we are not waiting for Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth, because she is in New Orleans, the Midwest, having a good time without us. I see her pictures on the Facebooks, as you might as well. This is the AltaCast here on Mutiny Radio. It's high noon, it's Wednesday. We're in, what is it, the 17th of May? Oh, time just keeps marching on. Wow! Well, welcome to the AltaCast. Exciting news today on the show. Steve Poggi calling in, getting the Midwest update. What's going on out there, I wonder. Is it as lovely as it is here today? Oh, it's a nice day. I had a good time last night at Brainwash. It was fun. Open mic. It worked out all night long, and everyone had good sets, and it was fun. I get to host again there tonight, so. Yay, I love free beer. <laughs> so I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. Here we are on the AltaCast. Also going to bring you the news today from Drug Policy Alliance, as well as Narl Pro-Choice America, because that's the news I care about drugs and abortions <laughs> uh, not super prepared today oh the other things I brought in for you uh, the bizarre music that exists in my okay so at my house I don't have a CD player and yet I have like I don't know 30 some odd CDs maybe more I don't know and uh, they're all from like 2010 that people gave me. So I just unwrapped this one today. You can even hear that. That was the wrapper I unwrapped it from. John DeGarmo, JD and Friends. Music feeds your soul. So I, we're gonna see <laughs> what this is about. Uh, hey. Hopefully, uh, we'll enjoy John DeGarmo very much right now on Mutiny Radio. Be right back with the AltaCast.
that was John DeGarmo. Sure. Uh, I didn't need to hear the first stanza again about Aphrodite. Uh, but hey, that's cute. I got a crush on you. That's nice. Uh, I hope you have a crush on me and Drug Policy Alliance News. Oh, the AltaCast. I got to tell you, though, I, I, miss, I miss LaToya. I also miss my buddy Steve Poggi, who's going to be calling in. Um, I miss my friend who used to say nice things and help me not be all existential like I was yesterday. Ugh, I was training yesterday, and poor Eric Lupus. I just unloaded. I was having a rough day, and I just was like, what's the point of comedy? <laughs> Our drug laws are destroying our lives for no reason. Here we are, the Drug Policy Alliance. Uh, hey, everybody, go to drugpolicy.org and donate money. Also, go to mutinyradio.fm and give us money, too, because we need money. Uh, but it's true. The Drug Policy Alliance is that's great stuff. Uh, key issues they deal with marijuana legalization, sentencing reform, Good Samaritan laws, and naloxone access, overdose prevention, reality-based drug education and syringe exchange uh safe injection sites that's the new thing if you're gonna do heroin do it in a safe place so that you don't die i mean unless unless we do want people to die unless it's like a big government conspiracy to get rid of all those undesirables uh i got sent some weird memes this week um, of Hitler quotes. Oh boy. And they were, I mean, here, I'll get you guys the Hitler quotes. Uh, they were surprisingly scary because of how close they are to what's, uh, what's actually going on. There was stuff about, uh, t- uh, taking the guns away from the people and, uh, let's see. Yes, here we go. I looked up Mein Kampf the other day. Why? I don't know. I'm just, I'm, oh, 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 I hope that's Poji. Oh, oh, this is good. Okay, hold on. I gotta do some work, everybody. Hold on. Here we go. Here we go. Is, is this Steve Poji? Yay, yay, hold on, hold on. Okay, I gotta do all this stuff. I gotta press the buttons, and then I have to hang up the phones, and then I have to bring up the thing. There he is. Hello. Live on the radio. Here hey, how are you doing? Oh, man. Uh, pretty intense. So, I started a new business venture. What? 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 Yeah, I am. I am selling toys now. You're selling what? Toys. Toys. That Not you... like sex toys, but like action figures. But that, like you. Oh, so you're like um, curating them off the internet and then selling them to other people? Well, that's the thing is, I'm, I'm going around locally, buying up people's collections, oh. and then selling them on eBay. Uh, just recently, I bought 375 figures for a grand. That's and a pretty good I've deal. Sold 50 of them and made my money back already. Wow! Yeah, and you know what's funny is, uh, you know who gave me my first toy? Who? You did. What? Yeah, you gave me Brianna Tarth. Right. <laughs> and that—that's what these are. These are the Funko Pop figures, so they're just like. Uh, like the, the little bobbleheads. They're all like the same art design. Wow. And people and, love uh, them. Dude, I am I am fucking pushing these things like nobody's business. Wow. So do you still have, are you still at the deli or are you just all home now? 
Uh, I actually, I just dropped uh, the deli down. I do one day a week, wow. 11 to 2, so I can get my employee discount on food <laughs> and eat cheap. And uh, other than that, yeah, I'm done with those motherfuckers. You figured it out. You have it all dialed in. I did. And, you know, I, what I think I'm going to do is, because uh, I'm getting so good at selling this stuff on eBay, I might just start, like, throw a mattress in the van drive around the country doing comedy, selling CDs and cat shirts, and then buying up collections and selling them on eBay. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so you're like, going to invest in a new van. Or no, you're still with your van. Your van still exists. The, I still have the van. Uh, I had it checked out when I came back from the drive, and it was actually in good shape. Wow. So, yeah, I never thought in a trillion years that I would be doing this. <laughs> But here I am. Well, everything else you've done, too. You, you didn't think that you would be a medicinal farmer, nor right. like, bottle I mean, tinkature. right, bottle and tinctures. So you're just, that's really great. So you're going to, but you're still like looking for NES cartridges at the same time, right? Yeah, I, I still, because what happened was, is what got me on the kick was, uh, you know, I came back here and I had all this shit from when I was out in California that I was buying off of eBay because. When I, when I was working at the farm, I was making so much money, uh, but like I just found like a new form of escapism, which was basically buying anything with a Star Wars logo on it. <laughs> so I sold off a ton of that shit, a ton of video games. Like when I'd go to the thrift stores and buy stuff, like one time me and Jonathan were out, I bought a Game Boy for $5. I sold that thing online for 30 Wow. Like... Yeah, so I'm just going to start hitting thrift stores, perusing Craigslist, buying up games and cartridges and everything else and just turning around and flipping it on eBay. That's insane. DCAB did that. A drummer comedian Aaron Barrett at one point, he was like, I need to sell all my Kiss stuff because he had all these Kiss characters, you know, like toys and mm. all this stuff and weird things. Like he had a box of cookies that the Simpsons were on and you could find it on eBay for like 18 bucks. You're like, it's a box of cookies from 92. Who cares? But people want it. People with collectibles are fucking weird. And out here, I feel like, like everyone wants to collect stuff, hoping that it'll be a million dollar item someday. Right. Beanie babies or and, something. Uh, I've got no problem fucking selling them shit. <laughs> Wow, this is this is a, this is a crazy turnaround. So, uh, but everything's good. You're still it, comedy's happening. You're getting booked. That's all. Yeah, real. I'm going down to. You know, it's it's funny. I worked so hard to be a headliner, but now I uh, I almost don't want a headline because I can only go to the club once a year. But if I do the middle spot, I've got three different half hour sets, so I can come back three different times in the same year. Which gives me more opportunities to sell T-shirts and CDs and all that jazz. Well, and how many how many clubs are out there? I mean, like there's actually surprisingly uh, a lot. Like, I mean, everything's pretty like reachable and drivable. Um, so, like, when I go out on the road, like I think the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to head to Denver. Oh, and uh, try to try to because I was looking, I got some toys out there I can buy. <laughs> And, you're uh, gonna go. You're gonna set up your tour because of the toys. You can still take me on tour with you. You know, I'm still. I, you know, dude. I'm telling you. We, well, I'm gonna bring like podcasting equipment because I've been making videos out of this stuff too. Like, 
the stuff that I order online, I order shit like a madman, and I don't ever remember what I'm getting. So I do these <laughs> unboxing videos. Now. Oh no, that's hilarious! I've yeah, seen people I, watch I those. I haven't put anything out yet because I've got to update my website the, and have it to where you can buy my merch online. Autistic children love that shit. The unboxing. Dude, I'm telling you. When you take the, I have a, a child I hang out with, and she likes to watch baby doll videos of they unbox the baby doll and then they play with it on the video and i'm like how is this and it'll have a million views which i just can't yeah. even conceptualize who and why would anybody watch someone unboxing a toy dude and like the more subscriptions you get like the more money you make off of youtube wow. so it's like i'm making money off of people see me make money <laughs> It's insane. I know. And then combine that with podcasts and doing live streaming videos. Like, I'm getting all this shit. It's all kind of coming together and getting set up now. And uh, But it's all portable. So I can do it all on the road. And then I can find cool and weird people to, you know, interview or whatever. And then they send it out to their people. And then we slowly but surely just gain more and more people. So... Wow. Radiation Island's going global. Radiation Island, bringing back Kron to talk to the people. Well, those all still exist out in the world. Oh, this is exciting news. Um, my three comedy podcasts just got picked up by, uh, it's called Laugh Something Laugh. Anyways, it's a, it's a, it's a website. They stream only comedy and I got, I got three, my podcast got picked up. Yay. So nice. hopefully there'll be more downloads from that and then and then I can yeah. eventually monetize I, I, I still don't know how to do it I don't know who to ask for money or whatever and I keep looking at things online and it's like I just have to find a dispensary and be like give me money please I'm telling you but I mean it's kind of the wave of the uh, the future now like all that stuff of trying to get on some sitcom or get on some network TV that's all horseshit now now you can put something out get paid directly directly connect with people and you know, boom. Next thing you know, you can you can make money. I I saw the tier of like how much you get paid for how many subscriptions you have on YouTube. Right, right. And it's it's not impossible, especially when you're like us and you're talking to large crowds of people through comedy. It's right. Easy to pick people up. So. Well, and with the I don't know about the YouTube because I don't do I don't like the way I look on film, so I don't do that. But with the podcasting, every thousand. Um, provable downloads is like $43. So yeah. if I get a person and I give them the front roll and the back, whatever, I just, I can't, I'm so bad at like making money. I just want someone to do it for me. You know, I want to be like, I'm just an artist. Just let me do my thing. And then do someone right. just cause somebody helped me. <laughs> like, I mean, honestly, if you can Google shit, you can teach yourself how to do this. Oh, I know, Steve. I know. I'm just not good at it, and I want someone to do it for me. I know. I can figure it out. I'm a big girl. Uh, But I miss you because you're one of the people around here that used to be nice to me and say that I I was creative and talented, and then everyone else is just still dicks. All the comedians. They're not not going anywhere in comedy. They're not doing anything. So they have to be angry at the people that are doing something. Well, and that's the question. Am I actually doing something? I mean, I guess. This is, we're doing something right now. (laughs) Here we are. Well, I'm telling you, it's like all that stuff like leads to something else. You know, it's like you you have these goals and this idea of what you want to do, and you work so hard to get there. But along the way, you get pulled into doing something else. But all the skills that you've had from, you know, working at that one thing, they all translate to different things. 
Ugh, see, you're like the guru. You, this this whole Missouri thing has set you on a, a new course to Tony Robbins. Dumb. You've well, got to start tell, collecting your people. Working at the deli, like that job sucks, and it's a fucking pain in the ass, and I hate that place. But I met this guy who's like, he's kind of on the same stuff I'm doing, but he's doing it with music. So he's showing me like how to connect your website to these different affiliate programs. So if someone's on your website and then they click on this thing and go to it, you get money off of it. Oh, wow. And so then once I learn all that shit, then I can teach somebody else how to do all that stuff. Right. Smart. And, uh, but it's weird because you'd never think that the deli would be any kind of benefit other than, you know, I get salads for 250 Wow. See, that's a pretty big benefit, though. And, yeah. Sam, I mean toasted bread sandwiches i mean these aren't any sandwiches these aren't some <laughs> it's the no, real deal it's like having access to my own like poor man's kitchen you could have as much mayonnaise as you want <laughs> oh dude, i can make a mayonnaise sandwich if i want to oh i'm hungry so but every i mean you sound really you sound like you've got everything together but um you're not yeah, resting on laurels little... you're growing right yeah i mean the only, the only thing that's kind of out of place right now is the whole relationship deal. Which oh. It sucks because I found a girl that I really like and that I really want to be with, and she's fucking batshit, fucking alcoholic and thing. Wow. They all so are out there, like, huh? I mean, it's pretty crazy. That, that's the one girl, the one girl that I've been talking to that's been having all the problems trying to stay alive. She doesn't seem to want to do that too much. Wow. Uh, but then, I, other than that, I have an old friend from, uh, from middle school who I talked to. Uh, another chick who I used to date, who's in another relationship, who's like, I'll leave this relationship. Oh, gross, 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 like, gross. I'm like, dude, you can't jump out of one boat and climb into another one, man. you got to process some shit. Right. Wow. And then uh, there's this other chick at this bar on Mondays uh, who's pretty cute. She's a rapper. She's got a fucking shaved bald head, man. Wow, cool. She's fucking Sinead O'Connor in that shit. So it seems like there's a graph for St. Louis that's like the hotness of the girl and the level of alcohol she consumes are somehow inextricably tied together. I, I think it it's all just has to deal with out here people don't know how to have relationships and they end up just, you know... Ruining each other's lives. contest where they're just fucking each other over constantly and then you Ew. get all these damaged people that don't know how to handle it or don't even know that they're damaged but they just keep wanting to get in relationships and keep acting crazy and foolish. And it's just like this endless cycle. Wow. So you, you think that people in California are somehow more, what, what are we doing differently out here? Like, I, I mean, I can't imagine. Well, I think, I mean, a lot of people that are in California don't necessarily desire to be somewhere else. Like, <laughs> We're here. We're in California. Where right. You know, out here, people are like, this place sucks. If I was here, it would be better. If I was there, it would be better. Oh. And it's like, no, man, wherever you go, something's going to suck about the place and something's going to be cool about the place. Wherever you go, there you, you are. Gotta balance it. Yeah. It doesn't like, matter, actually, where you go. You're still yourself. So right. it doesn't really make a difference. Wow. So is there like, do people actually have access to mental health out there? Or is that like, people don't do it? There isn't like... What? Not really. I mean, the way it's set up is like... You know, if, like, when I I got depressed for a while, like, when I first came out of here, I had problems, and I ended up calling the suicide hotline, because I was like, I'm I'm just ready to fucking get out of this Really? Shit. Why didn't you call and, us uh, in San Francisco? 
Because to a certain degree, you don't want to be put your problems on other people. Oh. So it's like, all right, if I want to kill myself, I'll see if these motherfuckers can talk me out of it. Right. It's their and, job. Uh, yes. Yeah, and so they, they end up, they take your information, they send someone over to your house, <gasps> and uh, depending on how nutty you are, they institutionalize you for 72 hours. Whoa! And, uh, you know, possibly longer if you're still nutty, but you calm down, then they let you out. From there, you either go to group therapy, uh, you go to individual therapy, you self-help, uh, you do online stuff, and then there's one other one. But there's only like five different options out of it. Did they put now, you medication. in? They, they give you medication. Did they put you, did you get 72 hours? No, no, okay. not at all. They came over and they're like, what's going on? And I was like... Yeah, I just felt fucking super overwhelmed by everything, and I didn't know, you know, what to do. And I told them everything that was going on, and they're like, "Yeah, man, you're not crazy. You're just going through some heavy, heavy shit right now." Right. So it's typical for people to, you know, feel overloaded, feel like there's no escape. I mean, all it essentially, basically, depression is is a loss of hope. Huh. Like if you're sad, you still have hope that things are going to get better or that you can get past it. When you have depression, there is no positivity. There's no way out. It just seems like endless oblivion. Oh. And so that's what it comes down. And that's why people, you, you start families, because then you can focus on your kids right. or, you know, your animals. Like, yeah, my life sucks, and but you, I'm using that to make their lives better so I get through it. Or you get into religion. or You can't smoke you know. pot out there, so you can't just change your perspective. It's not like, puff, puff, oh, I feel better. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I just, I mean, I've had so many opportunities to smoke pot out here, and I just, I don't want it, man. It feels like a fucking job. But you, I just, I, well, but you went from like 250 milligrams of, I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat a cookie and fall apart, <laughs> to, to, to nothing. Yeah, I'm, I still fucking like the few times I did smoke out here, I still felt like people were gonna show up at my house and kill me. So right. Just like. This isn't really that hard of a thing to not do, but no, I'm trying to I'm trying to work on cruise ships. Cruise ships. Uh, I want, yeah, I don't want to do it a lot, but uh, the money's really really good. <gasps> and 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 do you have to be clean on a cruise ship? Like, what kind of what kind of material do you get to do? Uh, well, you do half hour shows. That's just you, no opener. Wow. <gasps> and uh, you you have to have a like a like kid family friendly show. Right. And then you can do, like, a, a bunch of dirty shows, too. Wow. But, uh, you can repeat the same material, but it's not like you're getting new guests. Like right, guests because it's... coming to see you again. Right, they're the same. It's just there's a boat full of people. Right, and you, you can't sell T-shirts, but you can sell CDs and DVDs after they've been approved. Wow. But uh, they drug test you. <gasps> yeah, that's... Because you're in international waters. Well, not only that, but you're considered, like, an employee of the fucking cruise line. Wow. So you have to be able to show people, like, how to put on life jackets. Wow. You have a mustard station you have to man. Oh, and my gosh. Like, That's I mean, I'll, I'll go through the motions and do all that bullshit, but if that ship's sinking, man, I ain't helping nobody's ass. I'm going to get my own little life raft. I'll have some fucking sandwiches with me. Fuck you guys. Wow. That would be fun. That'd be like summer camp. I mean... Holy crap, if you were on a boat like that, I mean, it would be rough because all the people that worked on it, it would be like, you know. Well, you can't be drunk. Like, if a guest says that they saw you drunk or belligerent, they send people down to your room and they fucking breathalyze you. Wow. You can't have, like, any food or snacks in your room or anything like that. What? Like, 
dude, it's it's really crazy. And if you violate the rules and you get fired, they literally just drop you off at whatever port they're going to next, and you're on your own. Wow. That's so, like the army. You're going to sign up for that. Wow. Dude, I'm telling you. But at the same time, it's like you're gone for like seven days, and you make like three grand. Wow. <gasps> That's so, so cool. To do a week like here or there, like, you know, every couple of months, that would be fucking super fun. Yeah, I agree. If, I mean, and the food on cruise ships is lovely. <laughs> sure. Are you, all, are you still... All the staff does is bang each other, so... Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, it's just, it's just a bang boat. Are you, um, are you fat still, or did you, did you get on your... I'm sorry, that was the wrong way to say it. You were never no, fat. No, no, no. But... I, uh, I dropped a ton of weight. Uh, not, I, was, I was doing some working out, and uh, I was doing some working out. I was, I was chewing my Nicorette gum. Wow. I was, down, I was down to like six, seven cigarettes a day. And then uh, we had, me, me and my mom had like this big, epic, crazy fight. Oh, no. And uh, because, you know, she's, she's a little, she's older now. She's, she's a little, you know, out to lunch on something. And uh, she basically like, I got real drunk on Monday, which I always do. Mondays. I get shit-faced drunk. Well, isn't that this? You said the show where it's two for ones and the, they're like a dollar twenty-five each. So much now as a comic, and I'm like the only good comic there. That they're like, whatever Steve wants, just give it to him for free. Nice. As long as he keeps coming out, he's the one that's kind of carrying the thing. Wow. And then that's where the you know cute skinhead bartender is. Oh. Uh, and so she, I was drinking vodka clubs, man, and she was fucking pouring that vodka on, man. I got all blackout drunk, and then I was all hungover. Oh. My mom was like, you, you're not doing anything with your life. You don't help me and all this shit. And I was like, I actually was. And she was just upset and trying to communicate she was upset. But I took it all to heart. And I was like, fuck this. So I went on like a 72-hour drinking bender. Wow. Where I was just fucking hammered drunk like the entire Like three days of my life just kind of disappeared. Right. Because I was just fucking waste alone or did you you didn't hang out with the skinhead or with anybody else just no, going to like I went to my cousin's house I was all drunk there I woke up I started drinking again they were like dude you gotta get the fuck out of here man you're going crazy and I was like burn this motherfucker down <laughs> I went to the comedy club pounded little airplane shot the fireball and the drive up there dude I, I was a fucking hot mess for about three days then I started to fucking pull it all together well, don't uh, drive out there like that. You don't no, want to no, get no. it. No, I make a point not to, but, Good. On, but on those three days, I was fucking trying to torpedo this shit down. Oh, you're so reactionary, Steve. Dude, I am. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing is, I'm, I'm really calm and I have, I have a space, but shit with my mom just fucking really gets me wound up. You know, especially with her now, because she, she forgets to fucking turn the oven on. Oh, shit. Like, a lot of, like dementia e type of thing. Right, right. And then it's like, I, you know, now that I'm selling all these toys, I can move out of the house. I might just drive around the country. But then I also feel like, well, I should stay around the house and try to help her and take care of her. Well, you have your brothers there too, so it's not yeah, just but you. He doesn't, he doesn't do shit, man. Like, he doesn't talk to any other family. All my cousins are like, what's going on with you? We haven't even heard from him, I don't know. I've, I've been home for, you know, three, four months now. And I've Hardly ever see him or talk to him. Has it been that long? It's been three, four months. Jeez. I mean, I left, I think it was like March 4th. Wow. Yeah, uh-huh. So, yeah, man, it's been that long. 
don't have the cats back. No, the I kitties. Gotta, are you going to try to get... Are, do, you, do you have a plan for that? Well, now that I'm selling these toys the way I am, I'm getting more income and I can do more things. But at the same time, if I'm going to go drive around the country buying and selling toys and doing comedy, to get the cats isn't really... Right. I mean, because you can't really... Cats can't live in a van. No, I mean Oscar could. Oscar would be totally down, but Smokey, no fucking way. Yeah, and they come as a pair. Spike looks amazing. Uh, Good. Is he put some weight on? Absolutely. I should take a picture and send you. He looks like a completely different cat, Uh, but it's I make I make him raw chicken every week now. (laughs) It takes like two hours, and I do this process where I. I uh, use my immersion blender and I make it into like, basically it's it's like I'm making human grade. I mean, and I could actually, if I salted it, I could eat it myself. I could take it and and put panko crumbs on it and fry it in a pan and it would be a chicken nugget. Uh, but I, I give it to him raw and he's like my best friend. He's so happy now. He's got, he meows, new vocalizations. Like he's very, very happy. So... Well- What's going on with the uh, the comedy scene? What's the latest oh. comedy gossip and gossip and drama? Well, um, I get to be at Cobb's on the eleventh. I'm pretty excited about that. Nice. Yeah, um, it's only the second time I'll ever have been invited to Cobb's, both on a Sunday. Interestingly enough, because I mean, it's just a it's a weekend. It's a throwaway. You know, it's a rental, but yeah, it's still a weekend. Night. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Um, the the six sad open mic dumped out a mutiny radio, so we have a Tuesday open again, and and uh, hopefully I'm going to bring some improv back, not from Sylvan, but this guy wants to teach an improv class, so that would be good. Um, any any comics having meltdowns or flipping out or any any juicy details? I don't like besides me. That's the thing. I don't know. I've been I've been flipping out just because I'm like fuck all this. What the fuck am I doing? What are we all doing? It's just so right. stupid. It's you know, oh, whatever. Um, but no, no one's been flipping out. I mean, I guess the biggest gossip would be, and you probably already know, but I don't know that Journey and Zach are hooking up. Zach Wiseman? Yeah, he's been he's been hanging out in the bus. Well, that's where? that's probably the biggest, coolest, juiciest news I would say maybe oh this happened last night uh Ali Littman let it know on let it be known on stage that she and Jordan Sermonero are no longer together too and he actually broke up with her while he was in a set on stage that she melted down a little bit last night and then some people made fun of her about it after she left (laughs) some jerk comedians were like where was Jordan Sermonero the one she was talking about so that's the gossip is Ali Littman and Jordan Sermonero are the quits and the I didn't. I didn't even know that they were they were dating. But yeah. you know, to date a comic, you you're gonna end up in their act. Right. That it's yeah, absolutely. I had a bunch of. Jo- I, I still I have a joke about to, drummer comedian Aaron Barrett. I still have hit the. I'm still doing bits about old Tef. Oh, that's I have nice. Some yeah. Tef bits coming out. Yeah. Keep it at a high school level. That's Keep it in high school. What does that level. mean? Hands in the sweatpants. The, the the cleaned up the crash site. I know the tags on that. Yeah. One. People are fucking. People are loving that bit because they're all fucked up on relationships. So to hear weird stuff in relationships, they fucking love it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't even, I've just been doing abortion jokes. That's like my bread and butter right now. I just think it's funny. And like, <laughs> <laughs> and everyone, I mean, and out here, it's just a liberal circle jerk. So it's just, you know, pointless right. to, it doesn't even. Are you excited about the, about the, impe- the potential impeachment? 
To be honest with you, I haven't been following any politics. Really? It's just not even worth it. It's very, very hard just to block that shit out of my life. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's you don't have enough brains. You only have enough brain space for, you know, whatever you got. And if you're, you know, stressed out. I, I just, I mean, like, sure, you got the power to vote and blah, 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 blah. But I, I just feel so powerless in the, yeah. the whole scheme of things. Like, you got to have some big money to be a player. Uh, I don't. I guess something happened with healthcare. We, we don't have healthcare. Yeah, we exactly. Do, but they took it away again, and you get sick or something. Like, I think that's what the politics has just kind of devolved into. Is you're going to have people that come into office and they get stuff done and they make changes to laws, and then you know the different parties going to come back in and just completely and switch it that back. On yeah, it's sad. Yeah, they so changed the school. They changed the school lunch thing too. Michelle Obama worked so hard to deal with the healthy foods for kids in schools and they just changed that. So it's like back to high salt chicken nuggets, no more salads. They're like, oh, yeah, oh the kids are cheap, man. It's yeah. cheap, cheap, fun, fun. Yeah, yeah. And uh, ConAgra, it, um, Trump owns stock with ConAgra Foods and they're one of the facilitators of foods to schools, so... Not that that would be a conflict of interest or anything, but maybe. Right, man. We got to get McDonald's back into schools, man. Yeah. On the bus today, there was a little girl behind me, and we went by the McDonald's, and she's like, Mommy, I want McDonald's. And she was like, You're not even hungry. No. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like. Shut them down. It's just, but every time you see something like that, it's just like all the children want it. Is it the clowns? Is it the food? I don't know. I don't know. Well, didn't they do some sort of study the way, like, the junk food like that is, like, somewhat addicting? Like, it gives you, like, a chemical release in your brain. Sure. Like, when you eat it. Yeah, fat, salt. It hits all your receptors. You're like, blah, blah, blah. yeah, right. fat, salt, carbohydrates. more pleasure. Yeah. I need instant pleasure. Is, is, um, is it pretty gluttonous out there? Like, are people just extreme? They're... Are there, are they, I mean, we know everybody's drunk out there now, but are they also, are they also fat? Is it just, they're just consuming oh, everything? Yeah. They're, they're just a bunch of fucking suede bellied hogs out here. Wow. Like, so, I mean, it's, it's, I went into the grocery store the other day. I asked them if they had kombucha and they looked at me like my hair was on fire. <laughs> uh, they're like, what, what are you booting? Maybe there's Sorry a market out there. Maybe that's what you should get into is uh, being a booch salesman. <laughs> I do. I, I mean, I can ferment my own fucking garbage and sell it to these people. But right, you got to get the weird fungus thing. One of my friends in years ago in LA, she had a kombucha thing, and it and it looks like a weird fungus, like a growing. It is like a growing, living, weird thing or whatever. And uh, I thought she was nuts. And um, now, now I'm like, oh, she was growing her own kombucha. All right. You got a kombucha if you got it. Can it if you don't. Yeah, I mean. Ugh. So what's the what's the worst thing out there right now? Is it that there's no there's just no relation there's no there's no ladies on the horizon other than Baldy? Uh, I mean, well, I mean that's the thing is it's like I mean maybe I'm just being too picky, but I just I, they're not they're not bad girls. Like, there's nothing wrong with them. It just didn't really feel like I've clicked with any of them. Are they you know boring? I I kind of want to find a chick that would jump in the van and do comedy and sell talk. Right, right. I'm trying to find the female version of myself, I think. Oh, uh, yeah. But, but, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's weird, man. I just, you know, every everyone that's popped up, they've always had some sort of thing to where it's like, ah, yeah, this is kind of fucking trashing the deal for me. Right. So, and it, 
I keep looking. I've, I've put myself out there. You still have hope. The hope well, is alive. Hope. I'm just not negative about it. There's, I mean, you know, it's a big you city, to right? Find someone and force them into a certain like frame. You just have to kind of take them as they are. Well, and see what happens with it. And like your day is basically like what you're at your house one day a week. You're at the deli, and then it's comedy at night, and that's it. I mean, it's the same. How are you going to meet somebody when it's? I mean, you don't even have a benders out there. <laughs> well, I've, I've got I've got my little bar, little Babylon bar that I go to, but you know, I I, I go there to drink and like hang out with my friends. I'm not really like trying trying to meet a gal. Right, gotcha. You know, but I don't know. What's, you gotta come. You know, well, when you if you go when you go to Denver, when are you planning this for? Are you thinking like I just August just last night? I was just kind of like, holy shit, man! I can. Like, once I, I got to get my website set up properly to where I can, you know, get all my videos on there. And then I'll start posting videos to help try to promote the website. And then by promoting my website, it shows, it kind of feeds back into the videos and the podcast. So I got to get my foundation kind of built up more. And then I can really start hammering away, telling people to go check stuff out. Right. August. with other nerds. It's, it's, and it's a good idea to think about August because, uh, August, September, because the weather won't suck. If, if you try to get to Denver after November, it, blech, right? So you want to yeah. make sure, especially if you're driving, that, you know, end well, of August. You know, that's the thing. It's, it's kind of better to do this shit when it's cold because you can always just get like a nice thick-ass sleeping bag and be good. But when it's hot, there's only so much you can do, especially in the fucking gnarly-ass van because right now it doesn't have heat. It doesn't have AC. It's just bare bones. Right. But that's what I'm saying. August, September, because it won't be, in, your weather won't be super inclement. It'll be nice. And yeah, then, and then if you drive to California, then it's, you know, then September is beautiful. And, you know, there you go. Well, I don't, I don't know Portland. if I go all the way out to California. Yeah, but then you go up to Portland. If you're going to do it, you might as well swing all the way around, right? You go to Denver and then you go from Denver to San Francisco and then you go up to Portland and then you do Seattle. And then you you head on back and hit whatever I don't know Idaho. Do they have places? <laughs> I bet. I I don't know. I mean, that's the thing is like some of these clubs that are harder to get into, hard to get your foot in the door. I'm just kind of trying to show up and be like, Hey man, I'm uh, I'm really good at this shit. <laughs> Here's my pro kit. I'm living out of my van to try to talk to you guys. Can you guys not be constant? Just right. Take a look at this shit. Like if you take a look at it and you don't want to book me, that's fine. But you know, it's getting people to look at you. I don't think anybody who looked at my stuff would be like, "Oh, we, you know, we don't like this guy." No, no, you're very, you're very likable. Yeah, I mean, so, I, but I mean, I just kind of mentally was just like, just last night, kind of driving home, I was like, "Holy shit, I could fucking do all this stuff from the road." I, I mean, selling on the internet, I can be anywhere in the world and do this shit. Right. Like, I mean. It, I know how to do it. I know how to get boxes for this stuff. I know how much this shit weighs. They wrap them in bubble wrap. Like, I know how to do all this stuff. So maybe maybe I just kind of fucking say, all right, here we go. Yeah. But I've got to gotta sell some stuff and kind of get a, get a little cushion Cushion, going. yeah. Well, but, there's um down in, I want to go to Cabo San Lucas. I keep thinking like, but they only do it, this one place, they only rent 
three months at a time, but it's 500 bucks a month. And it's like this really sweet pad and it comes with a car and there's a pool and it's like 500 a month in Mexico. And I'm just, and it has a, uh, they have a house cleaner that daily cleans and it's like 20 bucks a day. It's cheaper than San Francisco. And I was like, oh, I just want to, I could write a novel in three months easily and just like live. Right. I mean, and if Jonathan and I lived together, that would be 250 bucks a month for rent. What? You know, down in Mexico and like what? It's so cheap. And the, and the peso is 22 pesos to the dollar right now. It's like double what it was. I mean, ugh. but I wouldn't, I can't do that until Spike's demise, which I hope never, ever happens. But I mean, right. I couldn't leave the country for three months and be like, hey, someone take care of Spike for three months. It'd be like, I'm not, I can't, I can't do that. So. And that's what's hard about having pets is like you love them, but at the same time, you know, that's a tether. That's something right. that binds you to an area. I, cause how, I, how is old Mr. Jonathan? Uh, he's, he's still not, his work is not paying him, which sucks. And oh. I know. And I, that, but he's okay, you know, financially other than that, he's saved up enough and. I mean, we're good. We're just, we're boring. We do the same thing. Like, I hosted Brainwash last night, and then I got a text this morning from Anthony. He's like, can you host Brainwash again tonight? And I'm like, yeah. Because I love drinking free beer and right. hosting shows. But we're so boring. We like, we, we go to Bender's every day still, and we have our friends, and we're there. It's just, we're boring, boring people. We go to the bar. We go to Tikka Masala. We go to Brainwash. I'm here all the time. That's like... That's it. It's just so boring. And I feel terrible because I, I don't know what Jonathan wants to do with his life right now. And I feel like I'm hindering him from that. And because I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to be at Brainwash again tonight. And and he's like, well, maybe I'll watch the, I want to see if the Celtics beat the fucking Cavs. That would be amazing. But I can't watch the game because I'll be hosting. Right. Anyways. But I mean, if he does that, he'll just watch it at the bar. And it's, I don't know. I just, I feel bad because I, I don't. You know, I don't know what hopes and dreams he has because he seems to just be on board with all my hopes and dreams. So I kind of feel like a dick sometimes when I'm like, you know, like I'm overriding the situation. Right. Where I'm like, we're doing this. Well, I just tell him, like, here's my schedule. <laughs> you can right. choose to do what you want or not with me. But it's terrible because, but he's, you know, he's not like a plans maker. I think he's good. He's at home sleeping right now because I, I got him a parking space that's um, broken, that's uh, yellow flashy. So he needed to sleep and he's just at home, which is one of the bonuses since the boss isn't paying him. If he decides to take a day off, he doesn't feel too badly about it. Right. Well, yeah. What's up with the boss? Can they just still not figure stuff out? They just can't figure stuff out. I mean, God, it's, and it sucks because, you know, Jonathan's so smart and he gets so frustrated and he just goes along. He's like, whatever, you know? Yeah. I mean, what can you do when people are just don't have it together right and they still haven't hired anybody since your exeunt and shaggy's exeunt so there's no like they're missed there's just and they're like expecting more but not the blah, 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 you know but oh, I, know. I, I don't know i mean i think jonathan's okay he, he, you know i don't i don't know it's so hard because he's just so attentive to my needs that i i actually don't even know what his really are like i'm sort of like guessing and mother's day was weird for us just because I don't talk to my mom and I tried to get right. him to talk to his mom but then they didn't talk and I don't know it's none of my business um, yeah it, it it's weird man like I just I knew that something just wasn't gonna work out with that place and as much as I didn't want to leave and I felt like I had this opportunity where I could make money like everything just kind of fell apart at like the right time right yeah 
Well, when you're, when the decisions seem to be, when everything sort of lines up and it was kind of easy, it was like, okay, now I'm leaving and this is what's happening. Well, there it is. It's like, okay. Yeah, but it was such a rush because all of a sudden it was like, oh my God, I'm like, because I sat in Missouri for two weeks and had I known that I was going to be like physically moving back, I could have set up jobs and done right. something and it was just all just like a rush. Yeah. And it, but it's, it's really weird, you know, after being in San Francisco, I just, I don't have any like concept of money. <laughs> it just doesn't mean anything. Like, I don't know. I think that was a good thing about it is I was out there and I was making so much money. I made more money out there than I've ever had in my life. Right. And I thought that would make me super, super happy. And in the end of like, it didn't. Right. So it was nice to have that kind of, that uh, disillusionment popped. Right, that it doesn't have anything to do with the money. I, you know, and I, I waver back and forth all the time with, like, I feel like my life's pretty good, but I mean, I don't make, I don't make any money, but it just, it just defines my choices and that it doesn't matter. Like, I didn't spend any money yesterday and I ate and drank all day as much as I wanted. Do you know what I mean? Like, and same thing tonight, yeah. I'm going to be working at Brainwash and like, am I making any money? No, but... I get to be on stage all night. I get to eat whatever I want and drink but as much as I want. Programming from society of like our parents from like yesteryear, like if you're not making a bunch of money, then you're not happy and you're not doing life right. And it's like, but I'm doing what I want to do and I'm enjoying myself and I really don't give a fuck about anything. Right. So like what, what what's the alternative? to work at a job where you're stressed out all the time and always paranoid if you're going to be late and those people are going to get upset with you. And I just, I don't do well working for people yeah. that constantly make bad decisions. I don't do well working for people, period. Like I can't sure. even, I just, I, I don't, I don't know how to work for people anymore. I just, and I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to make money on my own either, but I mean, it doesn't really matter because I don't need any more money, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, like what, what do you need? Right. Like, yeah, it'd be nice to have, you know, a brand new car that's all paid for and everything, but do you need that? Would you just be worried about that more? Right. Well, I can't drive anyways. Actually, I've been thinking about having Jonathan teach me how to drive again with his car and like a it's because it's been over 10 years since my DUI, so it's completely off my record. But if he could teach me how to drive again in like a in like a parking lot or something, then at least I could repark his car in the morning or something. Like, I just don't have any idea how to operate a motor vehicle, like at all. Right. Well, I mean, out there, <laughs> it, it's, it's not really necessary. It's, it's kind of better not to. Yeah, I agree. You know, but like when you live out here in Missouri, like, like, a lot of this part of town doesn't even have fucking sidewalks. Like, there ain't no people walking around or riding bikes. Wow. Like, you've got to drive. How close the is the nearest... Drive, how close is the bar? The how close is the bar? Can't walk to the bar. No, no. You have to drive to the bar? To. That's I, so I dangerous. The bar, but the bar is uh, on the pathway back uh, from my cousin's job. So when my cousin gets off work, uh, her or her husband, I can just be like, hey guys, I'm at the bar, can you pick me up and then just drop me off at the house? Nice. But after my 72-hour bender, they're kind of like, 
Steve, we feel like you might be an alcoholic and we're enabling you. Oh, they were going to have an intervention. Like, God, it's one day a week, except for that time where it was three days. Right. Because I, 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 like Mondays, I like to get fucking hammered bomb and, you know, hang out with my friends and yell and scream. And I smoked two packs of cigarettes that night Oof. and smoke in the bars. Wow. And then <gasps> Tuesday, I, uh, I'm at the... Funny Bone Comedy Club, and I have a couple cocktails there, but I keep it respectful. I don't want to get too fucked up. Wednesday, I work at the little deli shit, and after that, like, I just, I literally box up toys, like, all day long, or I get orders and stuff, and then I have to figure out, like, what the value is for everything, and, you know, posting stuff on eBay, and, you know, hunting for the next version of these toys that's going to come out and be the hot-selling item. Wow. You're, that's uh, so funny. You're playing with toys. Then I then I fucking browse thrift stores and I haven't really painted anything in a while, but I think I'm going to take my paint ship to uh, to Springfield. That's what's nice about being comedy out here. I get to drive everywhere, so I can, you know, I can bring my printer and you know print orders while I'm out, or I can bring my paint and canvases and just you know relax and be creative all day long. So when when um when does it start being shitty out there? Like when does the weather start changing and getting hot and awful, and that you just want to. Yeah, well, it's not necessarily the heat, it's just the humidity where it feels like an indoor pool with that, like, hot, sticky, heavy Ooh. air. And all that also, too, like, if you smoke cigarettes, that really affects you. But, uh, I mean, that's kind of on the horizon. It's going gonna, it's gonna to start being fucking ridiculous. But... Right, because it's June is coming. Jesus Christ, it's going so fast. Yeah. I'm just wondering when would be a good time to visit. Or if or we should just say... Because Jonathan would want to come too. Or if we should be like, fuck Steve, let's go to Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, uh, coming out here, uh, that's a good question. I, I think around August, well, the other thing too is like, that global warming shit has definitely been happening. So like we get like, you know, warm Octobers and, uh, you know, Novembers and stuff. So that's kind of hard to say. Okay, well... We want to come visit, or at least have you come out, or something. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I mean, right now I'm up to my fucking balls and toys. I, like, I, <laughs> I'm looking at like just massive boxes filled with toys and packaging material. I've kind of overtaken two rooms in my mom's house with all that <laughs> shit. But you know, I, I'm starting to I'm starting to sell it all off now, and I know how to do everything like the right way. So. Yeah, you got to charge for all that shipping. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the thing is with the shipping, you got to put your price of your box in there, your price of your labels, the price of bubble wrap, the price of ink from your printer that it took to print the things. Like, there's a whole fucking list of shit you got to stay on top of. And it took me a while. I made some mistakes. But when I bought that huge collection, it was funny because it was off of Craigslist. Whoa. And it was in Fenton, Missouri, which had all like the flooding and it's kind of known for being like a trailer parkish kind of part of town. And so I went and I, I got my, my other cousin, Jordan. He brought his gun with him. Wow. <laughs> so, because we were doing this like $1,000 toy transaction oh at like 8.30 at night. <laughs> and, uh, and it turned out like they were like the nicest, like stereotypical family. Like we... I saw them, you know, met them and shook their hands and they just got into the collecting with their son and now he's not really into doing it as much anymore so they're selling some stuff off and what's counted the, all these pieces and What's the what was the up. best thing what was the best thing in that find? 
like the coolest thing uh, where you're like, thing oh. was an action figure of a wrestler, Ray Mysterio Jr. <laughs> what? And I, so like the way the pricing worked out, I basically, I bought all that shit for $2 and 88 cents a figure. Right. And his value, he's valued at $80. <gasps> wow. Right. So I've got him up on eBay right now. I posted him at 20. He's already been bid up to 40. And he's got a bunch of people watching us. That's the thing about eBay is uh, they like to wait until the last second. And then they try to just throw a dollar on there and steal the auction. Right. So, like the last 10 minutes of the auctions, my phone just fucking goes nuts from all these people trying to outbid each other. And then somebody really wants an item. So they get in these little cock off fights of like trying to outbid the other guy. And, and it, like all this stuff, all the bids really, like they happen sporadically throughout all the day, but a lot of it happens at like two o'clock in the morning when oh people are on their drunk and they just start <laughs> bidding on shit. And then uh, at like eight, nine thirty in the morning when people are at their jobs just fucking off. I, that's insane to me that there's that many people that are interested in this, um, in like these strange Dude, toys. I'm telling you, I had no idea because I bought a bunch of shit from stores, but it was just like, you know, hey, I bought this for 10 bucks and now it sells for 15, but they're also going to have to pay for shipping and they can just go to the store and get it technically. Right. But then when I bought this big ass order, I got all this shit for so cheap. That I can, you know, if I sell it for five bucks, I'm making two off of it. Like, is it is it, is everything in boxes or are they out of boxes? No, no, they're all in boxes. They're in they're boxes. In, they're original individual boxes. Like right now, I'm actually driving to the gas station because wow. I sold some toys on Facebook. Because I'm... I go through and I price out everything, and like the really expensive ones, I set aside. The medium range ones, I try to box together in a two pack. Uh, and then, like, some of the stuff's just, like, seven or five bucks. So then I do, uh, I do like, these big glut things. Like, I'm going to a convention on Sunday. Where <laughs> a toy convention? Is, yeah. The, the pricing is one figure for seven, two figures for 12, or three for 15. Are you going to be just at a, are you getting a table, or are you just going to have a box with you and you're going to stand on a street corner and sell toys? No, no. Like, this is through a local toy store. Wow. Um, and I have to bring my own table, but there's no setup fee. It's a free event. Wow. Uh, but we also do a toy man convention that, uh, my cousin's husband's been doing forever and ever. And that's kind of what got me started into all this shit. Wow. And, uh, but there you have to pay $35 a table. We get three tables. We get up at five in the morning. We lug all that shit up there. Whoa. And, uh, the thing I've been losing my ass off the most was the Star Wars. The Star Wars six-inch black series figures. They were hot for a minute. Like, you could buy a figure for 22 bucks. Wow. I bought R2-D2 and a Han Solo. Uh, I bought them both. It came to, like, $43.62 or something. And then I sold them both online for $65. Wow. Like, together in a, in a pack. You are but so then, weird. You're like a new, like a positive hoarder, like a... <laughs> well, I'm like I'm like a drug dealer just with toys and not drugs. <laughs> and then like I, you should hear me talk to these guys when I'm trying to buy their collections. I just fucking lowball the shit out of them. Wow, because you're like and everybody's like, no, the, well, the value is six hundred and eighty-five dollars. 
And I'm like, I don't pay market value. 255 bucks or go fuck your mother. <laughs> wow. And they're like, well, Toy I know, mafia. it seems kind of low. Like, well, you want the 255 bucks right now or you want to sit on it for another couple months with nobody buying it? Right. That's you, man. That's I what, can't make all these decisions. That's what ended up happening with Aaron when he was selling his toys. He realized that if someone wants to, he ended up selling just a bunch of them to one guy because it was easier than and being lowballed then than trying to right. deal with them all individually unless you're like you like toy maven over here oh dude i'm a hustler <laughs> through and through it's so funny yay i'm selling i'm now i'm starting to sell artwork too and yeah shirts and cds and toys and magazines and comic books <laughs> but that's, that's and comedy fun, going to these thrift stores man and Goodwill and savers and, you know, finding this shit and then turning around and flipping it online. It's so funny. Uh, you've, you're a 20th, 21st century man using all of the technology. Uh, yeah, like your the disposable. guys from back in the day that would fix your pots and pans and shit. <laughs> a tinker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, now you're going to go from town to town with your, your little van and unloading your strange wares. In every I'm town. That or I'm gonna, I might just post an ad on Plenty of Fish or something like, hey man, I'm a, you know, I look good, I'm getting in shape. I've, I've lost a good amount of weight. I'm down to about 190 now. Oh. And uh, just off diets. I just eat salad with chicken and vegetables, no cheese, no bacon, no croutons. And I've shedded <laughs> a lot of weight doing that. You're and not I'm doing just, any push ups, sit ups. I'm trying to find a rich chick to get pregnant and be a stay at home dad then. Like, wow. You know, it's not a bad idea. I thought about that. I thought about um, for a while when I was depressed in the city and I was like, what am I doing with my life? I was like, I could find a guy, an older guy with kids who wants a stepmom. You know, I could be, I could be a nice stepmom, you know, and uh, inherit a family and, and uh, have a lot of money. But I, I don't, that doesn't, you know, I can't. Old wrinkly balls. It's all about the art of the deal these days, man. You got money, you're pretty attractive. Let me come inside of you and stay at home. <laughs> <laughs> That's my offer. Take it or leave it. Yeah, you could be on, um, well, is Plenty of Fish, are they a Christian one? What are they? No, Plenty of Fish is just like a free dating site. Oh, okay. I don't know. I've never internet you dated. Want, you want, see all these rich women, man, that are all independent? They spend all their time working and they don't have time to fucking, you know, go to a bar. Right. I got to wake up early and do all this shit. So it's all about accessibility. Right. Well, you're definitely accessible. Your time, right? You're like, whatever time you want. I'd love to hang out with you, baby, but I got a box-up fucking Batman. Well, it would be a fun fun date if you're like, okay, we're going shopping for toys. Actually... I, uh, there was this, like, uh, this little cute girl that I, I really liked, but, uh, she lived, like, an hour away, and I was just like, yeah, I, I just, that, that, that kills me, man, I can't do that shit. Yeah. But, uh, the, the first time we went up and met, we went to, uh, Olive Garden, <laughs> and I, I, I bought her lunch or dinner or whatever, and then I made her go hit up all these Best Buys and Walmart looking for toys with me. Oh, that's cute. She was into it too, man. Of like, course she was. You're an entertaining guy to hang out with. Oh yeah, man. And but you know, it's just one of those things the fucking the timing was off and you know, shit just didn't work out the way uh 
And an hour away, that's way too far. That's like... I know, man. And it, it's one of those things where it seems like it's not, but I can, I've can. i been through enough relationships where I'm like, that's going to be a fucking pain in the ass. Yeah. Well, and uh, it just means... I guess it just means more sleepovers, but then... I don't know. I don't know. It'd be like one of those things where you just end up spending all weekend together and then that's it. And then it gets boring. And then they see you brush your teeth and then the romance is gone, you know? Yeah. Well, then, and then you know, out here there's a lot of insecurities too. So it's like, you're at a bar. Who's that girl that posted that picture with you on Facebook? Like some chick from the show. They, they like to do that. Oh, wow. Wow. And everyone gets jealous and weird because they don't know how to deal with each other. Exactly. A lot I, of insecurities out here. Oh, I want to I wanna go visit and see what it's like. I'm telling you, man. There's, there's, all, there's no shortage of fucking weirdos out here. Yeah. Well, good. I guess I hear either. I just don't even know what life is like anymore because, like I said, I'm so I feel so fucking boring. It's like Mutiny Radio, Benders, Brainwash. That's it. I mean, Tikka Masala. What else do I do? Nothing. See, I I keep trying to get that boring life, but I keep getting hauled off into fucking insanity and crazy. I think that's you. <laughs> You're doing it to I yourself. Know, like I'm just just trying to chill out and paint and do all this stuff, and next thing you know, I'm getting family members with firearms and buying toys. (laughs) It's just fucking unreal. It is. Well, um, if you heard the... I think that that means that Latoya is trying to call in. She tried to get in touch with you because she was in Missouri, but I don't know if you guys. Yeah, no, but she she came right when the fucking big toy deal showed up. Oh. And was going online. And I tried to get her to come out to my Monday bar, but I think she was down in like the city of St. Louis, which is right. you know, about 45, 30 minutes ride. I'm actually, I'm driving to do a toy deal right now. All right. Go make some money. So, I never stop hustling. I miss you. I wish you'd come back. I, I don't, none of, I don't have any comedian. I don't feel like I have any real comedian friends here anymore. I don't, no one has my back. And so I miss you. Um, okay. Well. I guess um, have a lovely day and thank you for making the show awesome. And um, I hope that I get to see you someday again soon. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep you posted on all my fucking shenanigans because I never stop. Okay, good. All right. Uh, go make some money. All right. I'll talk to you. All right. Bye. That was old dumb face. Old dumb face. Oh, I miss old dumb face. He's my friend. And uh, hopefully LaToya, the Sheriff of Truth, is going to call in right now. I heard that boop beep, which you guys all heard online as well. Uh, Also of note, I am downloading Anne with an E. Was it time to remake Anne of Green Gables? Of course it is. Yes. Thank you, Netflix, for doing that. Started watching the first episode, and that little girl can talk. She got memorized. Good script. Uh, But it was very similar to the original, so I'm like, why remake it? I like the other redhead. Uh, But I can't wait to see Gilbert. Oh, what, it's such a fun romance. That's what I'm downloading right now. Uh, So you're listening to the AltaCast. That was Steve Poggi. I hope that you guys, thank you for indulging me. Uh, While we wait for maybe LaToya, the Sheriff of Truth, to call in. Oh, there's not going to be a hot, dirty pee in the Sheriff today. Sorry, no raps. Um, because I don't have I need I need Latoya for that obviously. Uh, here is another one of those CDs I found. This is I bought this from Aquarius Records in what year? Probably 2010. But let's see when this was made. 
This is a wheel within a wheel. And it's... I uh, just... See if it's any good. Uh, open it up. La 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 la. What year was this made? Sorry, you guys. I'm so not together today. 2002. Yes! Oh, no, no, no. 2007. Here we go. 2007. Okay, so this is 10 years old. And we're going to enjoy it. We're going to enjoy it together right now. Uh, this is a wheel within a wheel.
You guys are listening to the AltaCast here on MutinyRadio.fm. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. I'm hoping that Latoya is going to call back. If that was her, it might have been Sweet Gale. But we talked to Steve Foti for an hour. Wasn't that fun? Everybody? Thanks for tuning up with me, everybody, as I double dip on that one. Talk to my friend and to you at the same time. Uh, earlier I mentioned, before I'll dumbface called, some... Hitler quotes from Mein Kampf that I found interesting this week. Uh, here's the first one. If you want to shine like the sun, first you have to burn like it. On victory and defeat, anyone can deal with victory. Only the mighty can bear defeat. The contradiction. It's not the truth that matters, but victory. Uh, when diplomacy ends, war begins. That's kind of Captain Obvious. I do not see why man should not be as cruel as nature. That's interesting. What luck for rulers that men do not think. Mm, I agree with a lot of things he's saying. That's very sad. The only preventative measure one can take is to live irregularly. Ooh. That's interesting. I, uh, yeah, if you do anything different, right? When you fall into a pattern and do anything different uh, to conquer a nation first disarm its citizens freedom is short of weapons we must compensate with willpower if freedom is short of weapons we must compensate with willpower hmm. and who says I am not under the special protection of God wow wow uh, there's some interesting Hitler quotes. Good stuff. You should look up some uh, really good 45 quotes, right? See if any of them are super similar. Bet they are. We're going to get to the Not All Pro-Choice America and the Drug Policy Alliance uh, real soon. Here we go. Let's see what happens. Do, 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 do. The outrageous quotes of our president. Wonderful, huh? Yes, the president of the United States really has said this. <laughs> Are we surprised these outrageous quotes came out of his mouth? Uh, all right, let's check it out. Right. Uh, any, any negative polls are fake news, just like CNN, ABC, NBC polls in the election. Sorry, people want border security and extreme vetting. Sounds a little Orwellian. Uh, I think that this is actually what we went through when we did the 45 Alive funny, funny, funny uh, rap that you guys can look up from one of our old AltaCasts, Hot Dirty P and the Sheriff. Let's look at Drug Policy Alliance. Um, Alright, how drug policy affects you. Uh, I'm trying to find our Drug Policy Alliance. There we go. I'm sorry, you guys. I'm just not terribly organized today but thank goodness Steve Poggi called 
advocates rally against Attorney General's order escalating the war on drugs. Here we go. Attorney General Sessions escalates drug war and tells prosecutors to seek most serious charges and more severe sentences for drugs. This is very sad. Policy reverses former AG Holder Directive, which called on prosecutors to avoid mandatory minimum sentences for nonviolent drug offenses. DPA statement, disastrous move will increase prison population, exacerbate racial disparities, and do nothing to reduce drug use. Attorney General Jeff Sessions pushing back on bipartisan momentum to reduce the amount of people behind bars issued a memo to prosecutors calling on them to push for the most serious charges against people, hoping to trigger mandatory minimum drug sentences. The memo is a direct reversal of the policy of his predecessor, Attorney General Eric Holder, who urged prosecutors to avoid draconian mandatory minimum sentences for nonviolent drug offenses. This is a disastrous move that will increase the prison population, exacerbate racial disparities in the criminal justice system, and do nothing to reduce drug use or increase public safety, said Michael Collins, Deputy Director of National Affairs for the Drug Policy Alliance. Session is taking the country back to the 1980s by escalating the failed policies of the drug war. The last thing our country needs is to go back to the lock them up and throw away the key mentality that made the United States the number one incarcerator in the world, said Anthony Papa, manager of media relations at the Drug Policy Alliance, who served 12 years behind bars on a mandatory minimum sentence under New York's draconian Rockefeller drug laws. Jeff Sessions, push for long mandatory minimums will destroy people, families, and communities. This is the latest in a serious series in a series of measures in a series i think it meant to say of measures that demonstrate the intent of the trump administration to ramp up the drug war sessions has indicated that he will also reverse the obama era policy of allowing states to set their own marijuana policies and head of homeland security john kelly is using the war on drugs to persecute immigrants pushing to deport individuals for simple marijuana possession Congress has to act now and serve as a check on the egregious behavior of Sessions' Justice Department, said Collins. Both parties and the public have expressed a desire in passing sentencing reform. We need to pass a bill on this now more than ever. Yes, Drug Policy Alliance, I agree with you. Important, important stuff. Um... New Jersey Medicinal Marijuana Review Panel recommends adding chronic pain and other conditions to list of qualifying conditions. That's a good one. Let's read this, though, tomorrow. The advocates. Uh, this is actually this actually happened on Tuesday. The Attorney General Sessions' decision to escalate the war on drugs by returning to harsh sentencing for low-level drug violations will once again fill our federal prisons with people serving excessive sentences. Decades of research have demonstrated that these regressive policies have little impact on public safety, waste billions of taxpayer dollars, and disproportionately hurt communities of color. Justice advocates and community activists will rally to demand Sessions to retract his order, support fair and effective criminal justice reforms. That was actually yesterday uh, at the U.S. Department of Justice, and it was a justice roundtable with Sakira Cook of the Leadership Conference of Civil and Human Rights, Reverend Jimmy R. Hawkins of Presbyterian Church USA, Mark Maurer, the Sentencing Project, Jessalyn McCurdy, Civil American Civil Liberty, 
Liberties Union and the ACLU. Evans Ray, Impacted Individual. Nikisha Tafia, Justice Roundtable. And Jasmine Tyler, Open Society Policy Center. So that happened yesterday. Hopefully some good came out of it. That would be great to reduce draconian drug laws. I, it's very scary what's happening. Um, and please donate to them. It's uh, they, they have, and they have these great new facts. Uh, you can watch them, the videos with their doctor. It's really, really good stuff. Uh, that was Drug Policy Alliance update. Let's go to Gnarl, Pro-Choice America, and see what they have. Uh, I am a pro-choice American. It's true. I mean, what else can we... Well, I guess we can be anti-choice. I, look, I looked up some, uh, some good memes, some good abortion memes today. All right. News from Gnarl, Pro-Choice America. You can donate to them, too, on their website, prochoiceamerica.org. Or if you really want to donate, donate to Mutiny Radio. We have a donate button on the side of our website as well. If you're listening to this download off of that website, www.mutinyradio.fm. Oh, this is sad. Unprecedented expansion of global gag rule and escalation of Trump's attack on women. I'm going to do a little Roman Reimer sigh there. Uh, listen to his show every Friday from noon to two, the weekly review. He does a lot of sighing because it's very, very sad what's happening. Uh, Details fit a troubling pattern in which Trump attacks human rights to shore up base support. With news that Donald Trump is escalating his attack on global reproductive health care access, a clear pattern is emerging in which Trump jeopardizes human rights to shore up his political base. Just days after an FBI scandal that may cause a constitutional crisis, Trump is now ratcheting up his attacks on women's rights with an unprecedented international expansion of his global gag rule, reportedly applying the standard to programs that receive $8.8 billion in U.S. aid. This action will take critical, take critical reproductive care away from women in the world's most unstable environments. But yet, again, throwing women under the bus, Trump is making a cynical calculus that he can stop the fringe elements of his base from deserting him as long as he steps up his anti-choice attacks. President Trump is treating women's lives like political bargaining chips, trading them away to shore up his flagging support, said Sasha Bruce, senior vice president of campaigns and strategy for NARL. Barely more than 100 days into his presidency, this pattern of behavior is an ominous portent of things to come for women in our families. A man who was best known during the campaign for disrespecting and objectifying women clearly hasn't changed his behavior, despite wielding even more power. Oh, so he's escalating. This is very, this is very sad. Uh, This is Trump to expand anti-abortion policy report. This is off of The Hill from Healthcare. This was written by Rebecca Savaransky. President Trump's administration is reportedly planning to expand the so-called Mexico City policy that bans U.S. funding from abortion overseas. The administration will announce the policy Monday, calling 
called Protecting Life in Global Health Assistance, CBN reported. The pro-life policy will apply to global health assistance funding for international health programs, such as those for HIV, AIDS, maternal and child health, malaria, global health security, and family planning and reproductive health, a White House official told the Brody file. Earlier this year, the president reignited the war over abortion by signing an executive order blocking foreign aid or federal funding for international non-governmental organizations that provide or promote abortions. The Mexico City policy established by President Ronald Reagan in 1984 blocks federal funding for international family planning charities that provide abortions or actively promote the procedure. Referred to by critics as the global gag rule, the policy has been subjected to a game of political football over the years, with the Democratic presidents rescinding the policy upon taking office, as President Barack Obama did in 2009, and Republican presidents reinstating it. Hmm. Yes. Uh, here we go. This is exciting news. First Republicans talk of possibility of impeachment for Trump. Exciting news. Exciting news. Um, if you're following us here on AltaCast, you know that we have been calling for impeachment because of high crimes pur purported by our president-in-chief, 45, in that he is monetarily benefiting off of using governmental funds to, you know, so... First, Tomahawk Missiles own stock. Second, Mar del Lago bringing foreign dignitaries there, profiting off it personally by using governmental funds. Also, on the uh, state, uh, on the, what's it called, the Secretary of State or whatever, the website was there, Mar del Lago, saying, hey, go down there. Advertising, using governmental funds to advertise for personal gain. And then, um, the third thing with the ConAgra stocks and making school lunch great again, making children unhealthy again, great, so that he can make money and benefit. Yes, exciting stuff. Well, so here we go from the Hill. First, Republicans talk possibility of impeachment. This is from today. It's exciting stuff. Republicans are beginning to talk of the possibility that President Trump could face impeachment after reports that he pressed ousted FBI Director James Comey to end an investigation of former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn. James Comey ain't a homie. No more. While Republicans are choosing their words carefully, the fact that impeachment is even mentioned is notable in Washington's polarized political environment. Representative Justin Amash, a Republican from Michigan, on Wednesday, said if reports about Trump's pressure on Comey are true, it would merit impeachment. Amash spoke a day after the New York Times on Tuesday reported that Trump tried to pressure Comey to stop investigating Flynn. According to a memo written by Comey, after the February meeting, the president told Comey, I hope you can let this go. Asked by The Hill if details in the memo would merit impeachment, if they're true, Amash replied, yes. But everybody gets a fair trial in this country, Amash added as he left a House GOP conferencing committee meeting. Asked by another reporter whether he trusted Comey's word or Trump's, Amash said, I think it's pretty clear I have more confidence in Director Comey. Amash is one of only two House Republicans to correspond 
to co-sponsor a democratic bill to establish an independent commission to investigate Russia's role in the election. Representative Walter Jones, a Republican from North Carolina, has also endorsed the legislation. Jones suggested in an interview with The Hill on Wednesday that the allegations in the Comey memo could lead to a push for impeachment proceedings. I don't know at this point, Jones said, if the allegations could be grounds for impeachment proceedings. But he added, I think legal scholars will probably start giving the justification of whether the House should or should not move forward on impeachment. In an interview late Tuesday night with CNN's Don Lemon, Republican Carlos or Representative Carlos Corbello, a Republican from Florida, compared Trump allegedly pressuring Comey to drop the Flynn investigation to the obstruction of justice cases that led to the impeachment proceedings of former presidents Richard Nixon and Bill Clinton. Obstruction of justice in this case, in the case of Nixon and the case of Clinton in the late 90s has been considered an impeachable offense, Curbelo said. Curbelo called for Comey to testify before Congress to provide a full explanation of his conversations with Trump. It may be something very serious. It may be nothing, Curbelo said. Neither of the Republicans brought up impeachment on their own, but both acknowledged it was now a possibility depending on further developments. The White House has said the Comey memo misstates the nature of Trump's conversation with the former FBI director. Neither Amash nor Cabello voted for Trump, and both have frequently criticized him. They also represent different factions in the House GOP conference. Amash is a libertarian-leaning member of the conservative House Freedom Caucus, while Cabello is a centrist in a district won by Hillary Clinton in last year's election. Flynn was ousted as Trump's national security advisor in February after it was revealed that he misled the public and top White House officials about his communications with a Russian ambassador regarding sanctions. Amash, a frequent conservative critic of the Trump administration, has broken with the White House on a variety of issues, including health care reform and the Justice Department's new tougher sentencing guidelines. Hey, I like that guy. I like that Amash guy. Bring it up, Amash. You tell us. The Republicans talking about impeachment. Maybe something could happen. Wouldn't that be great? Let's get rid of Trump. But And then would, would Pence be in it? it that's probably worse, right? <laughs> Woo. Uh, here we go. This is one more from Narl. We're going to Narl endorses pro-choice leader Jimmy Gomez for Congress. State Assembly member Jimmy Gomez earns endorsement of nation's leading pro-choice advocacy group. Narl Pro-Choice America PAC today announced its endorsement of Jimmy Gomez, a true fighter for Americans' reproductive freedom. A community organizer and state legislator, Gomez has proven his dedication to standing up for women and families and will fight to protect our reproductive health care, including access to abortions and contraceptions. Jimmy Gomez is a steadfast advocate for our reproductive freedom, and we are proud to stand with him in his campaign for Congress, said Ilse Hogue, Narl, pro-choice American president. California women and families deserve a leader that they can count on to fight for them in Washington. And that means fighting to protect our reproductive freedom, including abortion access to contraception, uh, abortion and access to contraception. There's no denying that we are living through tough times, but there is hope with leaders like Jimmy who are ready to do everything they can to be the voice for all Americans. It is an honor to stand with NARL members as we fight to defend reproductive freedom. 
said Jimmy Gomez, candidate for U.S. Congress. California families are tired of the partisan attacks on our health care. These efforts by Trump and his Republican allies make it harder for Californians to plan their family, rise up in their careers, and reach for their dreams. I will never compromise on our values and will never stop defending an individual's right to control and decide what to do with their own bodies. Working together with NARL and communities across the state, I look forward to defending the rights and freedoms of all Californians. We are so excited to support Jimmy Gomez in his campaign for Congress, said Amy Everett, state director of NARL Pro-Choice California. Now more than ever, we need leaders who aren't afraid to stand up for what is right. We need leaders who will always put women and families ahead of fringe ideological agendas. We need leaders like Jimmy Gomez, and we are proud to stand with him as he works to become our next congressman. Throughout his four years in the California State Assembly, Jimmy Gomez has been a strong leader on reproductive rights and gender equality. He has sponsored many bills that would protect women and families, including a progressive plan to expand California's paid family leave program. In 2015, Gomez's unwavering leadership in reproductive freedom earned him the Champion of Choice Award from Planned Parenthood in Los Angeles. Once again, NARL Pro-Choice America and its network of state affiliates are dedicated to protecting and expanding reproductive freedom for all Americans. NARL works to guarantee that every woman has the right to make personal decisions regarding the full range of reproductive choices, including preventing unintended pregnancy, bearing healthy children, and choosing legal abortion. In recognition of his defending constitutional right to choose, Fortune magazine described them as one of the top 10 advocacy groups in the nation. NARL, it looks like... Latoya, the sheriff of truth, might be calling right now as I just messed up my, uh, I just unplugged my, there we go. Now I can hear things again. Let's see if this is Latoya. Oh, and it went away. Dang it. Call back, Latoya. Call back. Sorry, it was like a total snafu at the exact wrong time uh, where my whole world went topsy-turvy. And uh, yeah, so there you go, everybody. Let's pull up that. There was the Gnarl Pro Choice. Call back, Latoya. Call back. I mean, it could be sweet, Gail. Who knows? So that is the Gnarl news. And uh, we got to talk to Poji, which was nice. Um, and maybe we'll get the opportunity to talk to... Uh, Latoya, she calls back. I am Pam Benjamin, and I am currently bringing you the AltaCast here on Mutiny Radio. Oh. Call back, call back, Latoya. Uh, hey, you know, Mutiny Radio can now be heard on laughradio.com you can listen to happy hour open mic joke workshop or pamtastic's comedy clubhouse there as well as itunes so that's exciting trying to get my life together you guys oh if you want to please donate to mutiny radio to make my life better oh i know we've got this my our um our monitor went down so i've got a i'm flying blind today everybody flying Blind. If you have a monitor you want to donate to Mutiny Radio, please help us. Uh, I played uh, that CD earlier. Didn't I haven't really... There's kind of maybe a reason why I uh, haven't listened to these CDs in a while. Let's pick up another one. This is uh, The Slow Poisoner 
Roadside Altar. I remember this guy coming to Mutiny Radio years ago. And uh, let's see what he's let's see what he's about. I don't remember. Poisoner. I liked that better than the other uh, two that we've listened to thus far. 
He's a lot of fun. There it is. Uh, this next one I'm going to play for you guys is called My Revolver. And it, actually, it's it's good. This uh, band, Mark Joseph used to have a show here on the station back when it was Pirate Cat. Um, and then he, he has another band called THC, the Human Experiencer. This, the THC, something like that. Uh, but this is my revolver. Let's listen to a song from that, and we will be right back with, uh, you know, wrapping it up here on the AltaCast. Coming up next, Some Call Me Tim. I've got Dee Dee coming in. It's going to be a great, it's her second time. She's coming back. I'm really excited to talk to her about the world, the afterlife, all that fun stuff. Also, coming up at 5 is Kids Club Radio. Good times. I think they're going to sing karaoke today. Maybe. We'll see. All right. Enjoy my revolver.
I like that. My revolver. That's uh, it's an old. I mean, it's let's see when it's from. I think it's from like 2010. It doesn't even say. But I enjoyed that. Yay! Here we are on Mutiny Radio. I hope you guys come out tonight if you're listening to this during the day and see me at Brainwash tonight as I host and have a fun time hosting. I like to host. I enjoy it very much. Even though yesterday I was like all poo-poo as I bet, but then, um, you know, I don't know what's wrong with me. Uh, I just get into these existential situations where I just, um, I, I'm like, what, are, what, are, why, what, are, what am I doing? Like, why, what, what is this rampant need for self-expression? And it, it doesn't matter. Is it important? I, you know, what am I, what am I doing with my life? I'm an old lady now. I'm 42 years old. What am I doing? <laughs> oh, you know, one of those, why didn't I have kids? But I'm glad I didn't. I mean, I can't imagine if I, if I had children, I just can't even. I, I, I honestly can't conceptual. I have no idea how people change their entire lives for children and just say, like, you know, making them important. Or I guess when you don't make them important and then, then they have shitty lives and then they hate you forever. I guess that happens too. I don't, I don't know. Uh, watched, I've watched a lot of interventions where the kids are they are very angry at their parents oh uh, I miss you LaToya it's hard to do a show without you well we're coming down to the end of uh, everything here at AltaCast Mutiny Radio let's look up some more let's see what the what the news says to us reading between the lines of the times alarm spreads among hill republicans over comey scandal yep we already got to that yeah they talk about talk about talk about impeachment trump pledges to build coast guard icebreakers but it's unclear how his plan is different than obama's why does everything have to be different than obama's can't we just say he was great he did great things i miss you i miss you obama I miss Michelle even more. Michelle, I miss you so much. Taking care of kids, not into fat kids. I love it. I need to remember to do that joke tonight. The Trump presidency falls apart. This is from the Atlantic. I've got a lovely picture of fatty 45 with his hand up in the air saying, I'm not giving comments right now. This is the perfect cry me a river. Yes, cry me a river, and I'll cry a river over you. This is uh, Trump presidency falls apart. After an extraordinary 10 days, the tenure of the chief executive may have deteriorated beyond his ability to repair it. After an astonishing week of revelations, Donald Trump's presidency appears to be on the verge of collapse. 
Considering what happened in just the last 10 days, a string of damaging stories about a president unprecedented since at least the Nixon administration. On May 8th, former acting Attorney General Sally Yates appeared before Congress offering testimony under oath that contradicted White House statements about Michael Flynn's firing as a national security advisor, and which indicated Trump had waited 18 days after learning Flynn had lied to the vice president and might be subject to Russian blackmail before firing him. On May 9th, Trump abruptly fired FBI Director James Comey, my homie, who was overseeing an investigation into Russian interference in the election and possible Trump campaign collaboration on it. Trump cited a recommendation from Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein, who criticized Comey's handling of an investigation into Hillary Clinton as too harsh. But that rationale was nonsensical on its face because Trump had argued Comey was too lenient. On May 10th, amid reports that Rosenstein was livid about being fingered as the motivation for Comey's firing, the White House charged its account and said there were other factors. Meanwhile, a flood of press reports indicated that Trump had actually fired Comey because he was upset about the Russian probe and angry that Comey had told Congress that Trump's accusation of wiretapping against Barack Obama was bogus. On May 11th, The Economist published an interview with Trump in which he betrayed near illiteracy about key economic issues facing the White House and his own proposed policies on that. On them later that day, the president gave an interview to NBC News' Lester Holt in which he directly contradicted the vice president and White House spokeswoman admitting that the Russian probe was a factor in Comey's dismissal. Trump also said that Comey told him three times he was not under personal investigation and had asked Trump to meet for dinner in an attempt to keep his job. Later that day, Comey associates told the press that the president had lied, that Trump had invited a reluctant Comey to the meal, and further that Trump had demanded but not received a pledge of personal loyalty from the FBI director. On May 12th, Trump appeared to threaten Comey, saying he'd better hope there are no tapes of their conversation the administration then refused to confirm or deny the existence of recordings made in the White House claiming preposterously that the president's position was clear. Later that day, Trump released a letter from lawyers that was intended to prove he had no business dealings with Russia, but the letter was widely mocked for writing off more than $100 million in income as a few exceptions. Tax experts said the letter proved nothing. The weekend was eerily quiet. On May 15th, Political published a story about Trump's news consumption that indicated his staffers were routinely passing him fake news stories built to manipulate him and out of fear that giving him real news might upset him. Political also said that Trump was unable to tell real news from fake, falling for a photoshopped time cover before his staff intervened to tell him it was forged. Later that day, the Washington Post broke the news that during a meeting with the Russian foreign minister and ambassador, Trump had shared highly sensitive classified information obtained from an ally who had not authorized its sharing. Going to go back and listen to that song one more time. Cry me a river, Trump. On May 16th, yesterday, the New York Times and others reported that the source of intelligence is Israel. Later in the day, the Times was the first to report on a memo that James Comey wrote after a meeting with Trump on February 14th, the day after Flynn's firing, in which Comey quotes Trump 
is asking him to drop the FBI investigation into Flynn and his ties to Russia. I hope you can see your way clear of letting this go. So letting Flynn go, Trump reportedly told Comey. He's a good guy. I hope you can let this quote go, unquote. It is difficult to assess the relative danger of each of these stories because any normal administration, either of them, could consume weeks if not months of attention as the press and politicians ferreted out each loose end. In this case, each seems to be supplanted by a new self-inflicted casualty within hours. Nonetheless, the Comey memo revealed Tuesday might be the biggest. For one thing, it ties together several of Trump's scandals. It takes in the questionable ties to Russia, Trump's alleged tampering with investigations into his own aides and administration, and even his obsession with leaks. Before he was blurting sensitive intelligence to Russian officials, he was reportedly telling Comey that reporters who received leaks from his government ought to be jailed. For another, it might offer the most solid proof of clear wrongdoing on the part of the administration. Time and time again, Trump's efforts have been dismissed, even incredibly, by his own aides and defenders as the work of a man who simply has no idea what he's doing. He doesn't understand the gravity of Flynn's duplicity. He didn't think firing James Comey would be a big deal. He didn't intend to make a liar of his vice president. It just slipped out. Even in the case of classified information, National Security Advisor H.R. McMaster, while refusing to state that Trump what, shared, what Trump shared was classified, said that the president wouldn't have known its status either way. These repeated lapses taken together create a case that Trump is simply not up to the job of presidency. Yet if Trump did, in fact, ask Comey to drop an investigation into Flynn, it crosses a line from simply bumbling into potential criminal action. As my colleague Matt Ford writes, the memo has fed into, quote, a growing consensus among legal scholars that the president may have committed obstruction of justice, an impeachable offense, unquote. Obstruction of justice was one of the charges in Bill Clinton's 1998 impeachment, and if Richard Nixon had not resigned, it would have been a charge against him as well. The Trump administration issued a weak, unsigned denial Tuesday night saying that the memo did not accurately record what happened. Wednesday morning, a senior White House official told NBC that Trump wasn't really telling Comey to end the investigation, an excuse that directly contradicts Tuesday night's spin. The statement effectively dared Comey to prove the White House wrong. It also dared to dared Congress to subpoena the memo and ask if Comey and ask Comey to testify. And members are already moving forward on both counts. The prospect of impeachment remains far away, although the willingness to speak the word has gravitated from wild-eyed left-wing blogs to off-the-record conversation with lawmakers. Representative Justin Amash, Amash, a Michigan Republican said if the allegations in the Comey memo are true, they are grounds for impeachment. Senator John McCain, a Republican, said at a dinner Tuesday that the Trump revelations had reached Watergate size and scale. Well-sourced Republican reporters or well-sourced White House reporters are filling column inches up with even more dire and despairing quotes from administration staffers. I feel like running down the hallway with a fire extinguisher, one told the Daily Beast, while another said, I don't see how Trump isn't completely fucked. 
the Trump, the problem Trump faces is that investigators once again, one, once begun, tend to snowball, even if one asks the FBI director to kill them and then fires him. <laughs> Considering the Clinton administration, while a special prosecutor appointed to invest in 1978 real estate deal known as Whitewater found no wrongdoing on that count, that investigation eventually led to Clinton's impeachment in the Monica Lewinsky scandal. Already, each new Trump scoop seems to beget still more salacious news. The president does not help his own case. While it is fashionable to compare Trump to Nixon, a, a comparison Trump recently seems to be courting, from his hobnobbing with Henry Kissinger to his tapes threat, Nixon was far more careful strategic operator. His lies took time and secret tapes to unspool. Trump, however, keeps confirming his critics' suspicions to the entire world. When the White House insisted Trump had not fired Comey over the Russian probe, Trump said he had. And when the White House rebutted the classified info disclosure, Trump implicitly admitted it, tweeting that he had an absolute right to do so. Where Nixon insisted he was not a crook, Trump boasts of his crookedness 140 characters at a time. Even in a hypothetical impeachment is far away. After all, it took more than two years from the first Washington Post story on Watergate until Nixon's re resignation. But even without formal removal, it's difficult to see the Trump presidency move forward at the moment. The president's first major legislative initiative to repeal and embrace Obamacare collapsed ignominiously, an unprecedented loss for the new president. And while the White House has since tried to revive the bill, which narrowly passed the House and now awaits action in the Senate, through its, uh, though its prospects were unclear even before the fearsome fortnight of bad news. So no one believes in an overhaul of taxes. The second priority will happen anytime soon. And Congress also seems deeply reluctant to, find, to fund Trump's top campaign progress promise, a wall on the border with Mexico. Meanwhile, Trump's initiatives from the executive branch, particularly on immigration, have been repeatedly smacked down by federal courts. For the time being, the pace in Washington will only get worse for Trump. Yay! Uh, I'm not going to continue that because we're going to finish up right now on the Altcast and I'm going to set up for the next show. Some call me Tim. But hooray! Impeach him, impeach him. Wouldn't it be great? He is an asshole and I don't, I don't want him to be in office anymore. Yay! Uh... Hey, everybody, go donate to Mutiny Radio, to Gnarl Pro-Choice America, and to Drug Policy Alliance. And uh, we'll be back next week with Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth, and uh, and uh, Pam, me. And we'll do another wrap, Hot Dirty P and the Sheriff. Bye! And now time's for the breaker. You're probably wondering, should I inject bleach into my eyeballs with a needle? Well, that's an excellent question. I'm so glad you asked. Statistics show that no. No, you should not inject bleach into your eyeball with a needle. Paid for by the committee to stop injecting bleach into the eyeballs with needles. The Ministry of Lava manages our national lava resources to ensure that we will always have a steady supply of lava to operate the nation's active volcanoes, which in turn power our cities and methamphetamine labs. As a matter of national security, 
We need to reduce our dependence on foreign lava, which means an expansion of domestic lava drilling. As your chancellor, I will build lava wells all over the country, as well as secure access to more lava fields by invading Hawaii. Imagine orange gold spurting out from school playgrounds on the Great Plains and illuminating the Nebraska sky like fireworks on the 4th of July. Magma oozing over the rolling hills of Kentucky. Volcanic ash settling gently over homes in New England like fresh gray snow. If you want global lava markets to continue to be dominated by terriblest regimes like Iceland, Chile, and the Philippines, vote for my opponent, who sits in their back pocket as comfortably as Pahoehoe on the slopes of Kilauea. If you want the United States to stay competitive in the era of peak lava and beyond, then take a chance on the Chancellor. Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes. And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! We are Unleash the Rain, and we're coming to you streaming live every Tuesday from 4 to 6 p.m. here at MutinyRadio.fm in the Mission in San Francisco. Because we need more rain in San Francisco. Yes, we're still in a drought here in California, but this is a business show, you silly man. Uh, I was hoping for a rain dance. Well, why, that would be a lot of fun, and we do have a lot of fun on the show. What we do is we help small and medium-sized businesses leverage technology to increase revenue and reduce expenses and make it rain for your business. Are you sure it's going to be fun if I listen? We are very fun. We're also real world. We are not messing around. We're going to give you the real deal. Cool. So... I can send an email to Vincent at Unleash the Rain or Stacy at Unleash the Rain and ask my business question or my yes, technology question. Absolutely. Ask us your business and technology questions. We would love to answer those on the air. And then listen to our podcast or listen to us live on and, Tuesdays. And also Netflix. check us out on Facebook at Unleash the Rain. Well, hey there, San Francisco. If you're looking for some delicious late-night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside, you can find Counter Offer, offering you amazing late-night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit. It's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers. 
with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini, and creamy delicious 